Hello and welcome to this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. Joining me on the program today is Brock Talley. Brock is a graduate of Rust College in Holly Springs, Mississippi. Brock, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, no, it's my pleasure. So I know you got a, a deep HBCU uh, uh, experience, uh, not just you know undergrad, graduate school, and you are a vice president at, at Alabama A&M University. But I want to kick the program off uh, by just trying to understand how did you uh, end up selecting Russ College uh, as your college of choice? Well, great question, and um, I, I, I won't give you the long answer to that, but the short answer is uh, my pastor uh, was a Russ College graduate, and I played football in high school. When my, my dreams of being this professional athlete were taken away uh, because of a knee injury, he said, let me take you to Russ College and uh, introduce you to uh, my institution, to the president, and there I fell in love. I found an institution that cared about me. I was surrounded by individuals who wanted to nurture me and took a personal uh, interest and making sure that I became all that God had designed for me to be. Yeah. And so w- when you selected Russ College and you made that first visit to the campus uh, your freshman year, what was it like? I tell you, it was amazing. Uh, it was society tells us that anytime you get a thousand, fifteen hundred black people together, especially 18, 19 years old from all over the world, that it should be chaotic. Uh, it should be arguing and fighting and all these things. But that wasn't the case. I found people who looked like me, people who cared about me, people who took a personal uh, vested interest in my success. And it was almost like my, um, uh, it was almost like uh, a, a Mecca. Uh, and I know we call Howard the Mecca, but it was almost a, uh, almost an experience to see people who looked like me with similar backgrounds, similar experiences, but all working to uh, uh, obtain a higher education and to make our communities a better place. Right. And so what what were the uh, professors and staff like at, at Russ College? I often hear, you know, stories. And of course, I did attend an HBCU for one year uh, as well. But, uh, you know, you hear these stories about, you know, how that campus ex- uh, experience is. I just would like to hear about Russ. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, now, now, of course, Russ is in Holly Springs, Mississippi. So, so we didn't have all the accoutrements that what we had. They were in uh, in D.C., but uh, it was bigger than that. Uh, again, having uh, having people with doctorate degrees, law degrees on our campus uh, who are easily accessible, who could tell you about their journey and the pitfalls they had throughout life, and the things that they did well, and how you can uh, um, achieve your goals, how you can work towards your goals. Here's the other piece. I feel felt confident that I was learning the academic uh, rigor or obtaining the academic rigor that one would get from any other institution, but I was able to learn a, a black perspective as well. Yeah. So when we were looking at history, we may have looked at Emotep. Uh, uh, so I was able to see myself in the lesson, which gave me and my colleagues my, uh, a, a set of confidence that I don't think I could have gotten at another institution. So were there any uh, mentors or sponsors that, uh, help you along along your journey? Yeah. Uh, so so crazy enough, I told you that my pastor actually introduced me to Russ. And uh, his roommate was the president of the college. So Dr. David Beckley, who's from Shannon, Mississippi, uh, became a mentor of mine. And uh, I'll tell you, he allowed me to drive him to meetings. He allowed me to uh, travel with him. And to uh, that's when I determined I wanted to get into higher education. Yeah. Uh, from spending my time uh, with Dr. Beckley and uh, – Dr. Beckley wore cowboy boots year round. 
And I tell you, I want to be so much like him. I started wearing cowboy boots. I started wearing a belt buckle because I, I wanted to be like Dr. Beckley. Uh, he was He's a member of Omega Sci-Fi. I joined Omega because of him. Uh, so I think he was my biggest influence there in who I am uh, now. So campus life. What were some of the events that took place on campus that were kind of signature uh, events for Russ College? So I, I think, of course, homecoming is a, is a staple. Uh, um, homecoming there for a small private school is one that rivals, uh, I would say, any other school in the country. Um, uh, yeah, it's an amazing uh, experience. But also the, uh, the Founders Day convocation, uh, convocation, learning about the history of the institution throughout Founders Day. And I think that uh, commencement, graduation, is uh, the third day that I would say. Now, I, I know all of our schools have those events, but for me, when you look at an institution, it was paramount when I was a student, but even more so now. When you look at an institution that has 70% of our students, first-generation college students, and uh, see those students walk across the stage, you, you get a feeling that we're not just graduating students, but we're graduating families, and we're making our community a better place. Uh, uh, so uh, I think that was my those three other uh, experiences that stand out most to me. Homecoming because of the parties and the step shows, right. and then graduation. So tell me uh, or my viewers, how did Russ College prepare you for your professional journey? Yeah. So I, I think more than anything, giving me the confidence uh, to uh, that I can sit in a room with anyone that I uh, can compete mentally uh, uh, with anyone and academically with anyone. We had a quiz bowls teams where we were able to compete with other HBCUs throughout the country, but also predominantly white institutions as well. And I think that um, I'd like to share that that gave me one set of confidence because there's always this thought that maybe uh, Ole Miss is 20 minutes away from Holly Springs from Russ. Maybe they're learning something that we're not learning. But we were able to go to these competitions and not just compete, but then win many of these quiz ball competitions. I think the other piece is when I started doing internships and I was with students from all over the country, all over the world. And I noticed that, man, you didn't know how to do that. You know, uh, so, I, so I think the confidence piece came into play. Um, and, and so I think that's what Russ did more than anything outside of the traditional educational piece. Okay. And so you mentioned earlier that you are a, mem a member of uh, Cap Alpha Psi. I'm sorry, that's me. Omega Sci-Fi <laughs> Fraternity Incorporated. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That other 1911. The other 1911. That's right. So <laughs> I wanted to just understand uh, what is Greek life like on uh, the, the campus of Russ College? Yeah, I think it is a, um, one that is embedded in the student experience. Uh, uh, is, uh, you can see the students stepping across the campus. You see the, uh, uh, those in their organizations. Uh, with their paraphernalia on throughout the day, even in the cafeteria, eating to the Delta's even together, Omega's even together. And I think it's a beautiful, uh, again, a beautiful thing to see. And here's the piece that um, that stands out most. Seeing these organizations come together to do community service. You know, we can joke about which organization is the best, which one is subpar, whatever. But we come together oftentimes to work for the betterment right. of the good for our communities and those that we serve. I think mean, that's the beautiful side of it. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about Jackson State University. Uh, you went there to obtain your Ph.D. What made you select Jackson State? So um, at the time I was. Uh, I think I started my Ph.D. about 25 years old and I was uh, at Russ College as vice president. 
uh, of enrollment management, the student success there. And uh, so Jackson State was in the same state with us. It wasn't far away. And the thing that I always uh, would hear from those with PhDs is try to find a program you can get out of. Right. There are more people who are all but dissertation <laughs> than there are with PhDs. That's right. So I knew I wanted to go to an HBCU. Um, uh, I knew I wanted to go to one that had a research background, um, a, a, a respective degree, but I also wanted a program I can get in and out of. Right. Here's the last piece. I knew I wanted to be a college president. And at the time, that program at Jackson State had five or six sitting college presidents across the country. So I said, hey, they have graduates who can connect me with where I want to go. Yeah, right, right. So uh, what was that experience like at Jackson State? You know, just, uh, you know, obviously at that point you had already entered the workforce, right? And you were going back to get the Ph.D. Uh, what was that experience like? I think it was, uh, uh, I think it was exciting. I think it was everything that I needed because this program in particular is an executive Ph.D. program. So where I was, whereas I was at Jackson State, I wasn't running across freshman students uh, uh, in the cafeteria on campus. And so you have the opportunity to feel like an executive. And yeah. we came in once a month, stayed at the same hotel, went to class together. And the class was not on, wasn't on the main campus of Jackson State. The classes weren't. So we felt like we were going to meetings opposed yeah. to going to classes. Right. And we did it for three or four years and came on out of there. Okay. Well, so now talk, talk to me about your professional journey, uh, you know, and how Jackson State and Russ played a part in that. Yeah. So I, um, when, when I finished Russ uh, for undergrad, uh, like most of people, I thought I wanted to be an attorney. And I had gotten accepted to law school and um, was ready to go off. But at the time, uh, right before graduation, my sister passed. Um, my parents had two kids. My sister died. And uh, Dr. Beckley, being the mentor, the president of the college that he was, he said, look, don't go off to school. Stay closer on. Let me call some connects. Let me call some friends. And uh, we'll find someone for you to go. So he called the president of Alabama A&M University and said, look, I have a young man who I mentor. Uh, let me sit to you for a couple of years and I want him back. And so I came here and uh, they were able to give me a job uh, working in the graduate school. I was a director of marketing and recruitment, my first job, and uh, allowed me to go to grad school and got a master's in urban planning and community development. And uh, after two years, Dr. Bickley was allowed me to come back and be vice president uh, at Russ, which was a uh, a gamble on his end, but showed his belief in his product as president. Yeah. And um, and I'm forever grateful for it. So you received your master's from Alabama A&M? Correct. Okay, so you're a, a three-time HBCU grad. Absolutely, absolutely. I believe them. I, I work at them, I attend them, and I, I publish about them. So I believe in what these schools do. So uh, tell me about your, your role at Alabama A&M now. Sure. So currently serving as vice president for student affairs. Um, division has 22 different departments in this division, relatively large. Uh, but um, it touches everything from the band to the choir to housing to campus police to admissions. Uh, and we shape the entire student experience. And um, uh, we are a growing institution, about 6,300 students in the number one city in America, uh, named most recently in Huntsville. Uh, but division one uh, athletic programs and uh, uh, it's a uh, it's an expansive role, but a really good role. Uh, been here about ten months now. Prior to this, I was vice president at Arkansas Pine Bluff, so it's been a, a really good journey. So, how do um, or does your HBCU experience uh, impact 
your role there at Alabama uh, A&M? So, so I think it allows me to connect with the students. Uh, uh, when they start talking about fried chicken wins now, <laughs> uh, but when they start talking about uh, the things they want to see to enhance their experience, I can understand. So I can better advocate for, work on their behalf because I've been where they are. Yeah. And uh, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, I often tell them, y'all got a lot more than I had when I was in, in school, but I only have the foundation knowing that they need uh, some other things. So we're working diligently with them to serve them. And because uh, I had a president who was so hands-on with me, I try to keep that at the forefront of my mind to yeah. be hands-on with our students as well. Right. So uh, what are your, I guess you mentioned earlier that you were ultimately want to become a college president. And so just kind of, you know, I know you initially want to be in law. So what is your kind of motivation now to advance in academia or now on the administrative side of academics? So, so I, I'll tell you, I, um, my, my goal was to uh, be a college president. Now in this role, I want to be the, vet, the best VP I can be. And if the presidency comes, yeah. then that's great. Um, but uh, but what keeps me motivated and hungry is serving our students, uh, uh, seeing uh, their lives change for the better, uh, uh, knowing that they're making a difference, that we're making a difference in their lives. Uh, even now, uh, with our institution, uh, about 52% of our students are first-generation college students. Yeah. So we're making the world a better place, not just for our students, but for you and I, too, because we're going to have better neighbors. Right. Uh, we're going to have higher-paying jobs more money going to the economy. So that's the difference. Our HBCUs are building the middle class in America. So talk to me about just, you know, HBCUs in general, how, you know, there have been, you know, it's no secret challenges uh, in terms of trying to have, you know, adequate resources uh, to support the programs and growth. Uh, what are some of the things that, you know, the HBCU graduates can do to help better position the uh, HBCUs for the future? Yeah, so great question. Uh, I, I think there are three things. I like to say that you can support your institution through your time, through your talents, and through your treasures. So uh, through your time, you can give back, volunteer. You can go and uh, send students to HBCUs in your community, but send your child uh, to HBCUs as well. And then through your talents, uh, as you are doing now through this interview, you're using your talent to uh, share the good news about HBCUs and tell that story. And I think we all have to reach within and see what is our platform. Yeah. You may not have a television show, but you may be a preacher at the local church. Right. What is your platform that you can tell the story about HBCUs and the good side, not just those things that don't go as well? And I think through our treasuries as well, I think there's an opportunity to give financially to these institutions because we know that they have been uh, funded uh, uh, at, at an inadequate uh, amount comparative to other institutions. However, they haven't allowed this disproportionate funding to cripple them as the stats show that HBCUs outpunch, outperform other institutions in many in many uh, categories. Yeah, no, there's, there's no no doubt about it. And uh, and that's one of the purposes of this show is to, to showcase that, uh, you know, we we have products from HBCUs that are going out there and making the mark on the world and and, and, and are changing the game. And so when you think about Russ College, if you're if you're advocating for a student to go to Russ College, what would be the, the reasons why they should select Russ? Yeah, uh, when you start looking at the value proposition, it costs $13,000 a year to go to school there. 
That includes your housing, your meals, and your, tui- uh, and, and your tuition. So the ROI is in your favor uh, uh, from, 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 from that standpoint. The other thing I would tell the student is the average student to teacher classroom ratio is about 11 to 1. So I feel more comfortable in a small classroom setting where there are 10 other students opposed to a larger institution where there are 100 students in my classroom. Right. Here's the third thing I would tell students. That it makes a difference when you go to a college that was built for you from the very beginning. Uh, at Rust or any of our institutions, you didn't have to have the National Guard to escort you in. You didn't have to have legislation passed to get you in. Right. Uh, we were built for you from the very beginning. And what I like to share is that I like to wear suits and clothes, you know, what have you. But when I go to Macy's and get a suit, it may be my favorite color, my favorite designer, but it fits differently than when I go to my tailor and get a suit that was made just for me. Right. And that's how Rust College and our HBCUs are. They're tailor-made for our students and our experience. Wow, that's great. So on your journey from, you know, undergrad through uh, PhD, uh, what were some of the challenges that you faced that you had to overcome to 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 achieve your goals? Yeah, so um, I think a number of challenges, or I know a number of challenges. Uh, one uh, challenge that I had to come, what, overcome was sharing the value of my institution. Uh, and what I mean by that is, Russ College is known throughout the world, or is not known through every, uh, in every channel. Uh, Jackson State, even, uh, as a larger HBCU, isn't known in every channel. So sometimes I've had to be the only Jackson State grad that that person or that institution or that company knows. So I think a responsibility can, comes with that. That uh, as the only Russ College graduate or Alabama A&M graduate that they know, a responsibility comes with it that I have to comport myself appropriately, that I have to lead. And when, and when I leave them, they can say, hey, I, I, you know, they can have value in, in our institutions. <clears throat> Outside of sharing, uh, telling the story of our institutions, I think the other challenge uh, um, may have been, and again, this was internally before I graduated, not thinking that I was good enough until I got in the same room with others and said, not only am I good enough, but in many respects, I'm better than academically and prepared. So I think those are the two that I would point out. So, so talk to me about uh, Alabama A&M, because obviously now in your current role, you have to advocate for Alabama A&M as well. So why should a, a parent or student select uh, Alabama A&M? Uh, uh, so forget those things I told you about Russ and Jackson State. <laughs> Come to Alabama A&M. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but I believe that, uh, of course, we're in Huntsville, the rocket city of America. And uh, not only is Huntsville a rocket city, but Alabama A&M is a rocket university that we take students from where they are to pay them to students. Uh, we are still a small school, but with 6,500 students, more than 60 different majors and programs, you can, uh, we're, uh, 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 students can major in, I produce more black physicists than any other school in the country. Uh, when you start looking at the opportunities that my students are having, where many of them are leaving here, placed when they walk across the graduation stage. And again, I think that's that value proposition, not just getting a degree, but when you walk across that graduation stage, stage knowing where I'm going. And that's what we do better than most institutions that are uh, in our uh, in our stratosphere, uh, our, uh, our comparative group. Here's the last piece. You'll get the one-on-one attention that you may desire at Alabama a and uh, So you get that one-on-one touch, but you'll also get the 
confidence, the support that you need to be able to compete with anyone in any room in any place in the world. So I want to just pivot a little bit and talk about, uh, you know, community service and giving back to uh, the community. You know, obviously being uh, uh, a member of uh, Omega Sci-Fi, uh, you guys are uh, community oriented, just like all of the uh, Divine Nine fraternities and sororities. Uh, how important is it to you to give back to the community and how did your HBCU experience help shape your belief there? I believe that uh, giving back is a responsibility that we have. Um, God has blessed us uh, to, to be as well as we are, for things to be as well as they are. And, but with that, that's a responsibility to reach back and help others and help bring them up and help make their path a better place. Uh, at Russ, uh, uh, it was a class at that time where every student had to do community service uh, throughout the semester. So you had to think about how to better serve our community, how to make our community a better place. And it's ironic that you asked that question because the last weekend um, here at Alabama a and we had 1,700 freshman students all throughout the community, uh, partnering with the mayor, elected officials, state representatives, all throughout the community, uh, picking up trash, uh, uh, repairing playgrounds, painting, all of these things to let our students know that getting a college degree, getting a six-figure salary, driving a, a BMW, having a 4,500-square-foot house, those are great accoutrements. But if you don't help somebody along the way, then it's all in vain. Right, right. I always say that, um, you know, becoming successful and not doing anything for anyone else Anything for the communities that help you be who you are, you know, that's uh, a very selfish uh, life to live. Uh, I want to know in terms of your, uh, your journey, uh, your professional journey, uh, have there been any, uh, you know, experiences or moments that have, you know, impacted your life or shaped who you are? Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think there are a lot. I, I think that um, because of, my mentorship, the hard, you know, support, things of that nature, and God's favor, I was blessed to ascend to an executive role at a very young age. Uh, so, uh, again, I was 24 as a university vice president. And uh, with that, it's great until you actually get into the seats. And now people are challenging you because of your age or because of your experience, things of that nature. And we talk about racism, we talk about sexism. But oftentimes, we have a conversation about ages. And, uh, and I think that I was, I had to develop a sense of, to be resolute, to uh, have a sense of commitment, to push through those challenges. And at many times, I don't think folks knew that I, the way I felt challenged uh, by sitting in those rooms. And, and so some of that may have been the things they said, the things that, they, that, that, that were done to to, uh, that I thought I was treated. And some of it may have been internally, uh, building up my own self to know that I was prepared for those rooms. But I think because of it, because of that experience, because of those experiences, uh, it made me a better leader, a better person. Right. And so uh, as we get ready to kind of um, wind the uh, showdown, I want you to just touch on uh, Jackson State University, uh, Jess. You know, why should that be among uh, the institutions that should be considered for uh, a student uh, that's looking to uh, further their education? Yeah. When, when you think about Jackson State graduates, 
when I'm evaluating anything, I look at the product and what it produces. And Jackson said the graduates have transcended uh, to, through every field imaginable, from healthcare to politics to education, and uh, even through entertainment. Uh, so uh, I, that bodes well for me. Here's the other piece. An institution that's respected throughout the state and throughout uh, many parts of the country. Um, I, I think that those two things, the finished product and the respect of the institution, are two reasons why I would consider attending Jackson State University if I was looking for a scholarship team. Gotcha. Well, look, I'm a I'm a avid supporter of HBCUs, and um, I, um, I I I think that it's very important that uh, we uh, support those institutions because they stood in the gap. Uh, for uh, our ancestors and the people that came before us when there were no other uh, options available. Uh, I want to thank you for taking time out your busy schedule to be on uh, this episode of HBCU. And I don't want to end the show without taking a moment to present you with our HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award for your continued uh, commitment to historically black colleges and universities uh, and to the successful uh, journey you've had in your career. I mean, you know, starting uh, uh, at an executive level within an institution at the age of 25 and advancing to uh, where you are now as a vice president at Alabama A&M, uh, it's one that I think people can look at and, and gain hope and, and admiration and understand that they can do it as well. So I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, to my viewers, I want to thank you for watching this episode of HBCU. And remember, without you, there's no me.